Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 30 of the Feasible Filmcast. Uh, my name is Christopher for February 1st, 2017. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, today on the episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, Ouija Origin of Evil as well as the Best Picture nominated film of the year, Hell or High Water. So, um, just a couple of things to uh, talk about here at the beginning. Um, this is going to be, you know, kind of like the two quick reviews of this week, um, but we're also going to be getting to um, Monster, or sorry, it's the the Monster, directed by uh, the same guy who did uh, The Strangers. So we'll be getting to that, um, as well as um, Manchester by the Sea or Fantastic Beasts. I'm not 100% sure, but stay tuned to uh, the Twitter. It's at Lee Van Martin, and uh, you know we'll give you all the news and updates. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the first review, um, which is Hell or High Water now. This is directed by David McKenzie, released this last year, you know, starring Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, some others. Um, and I believe it's getting, actually, I believe it's getting nominated for a couple things, like Best Picture, uh, yeah, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor in Jeff Bridges, and Best Screenplay. So, um, oh, and and best film editing, I believe. So, uh, the movie is basically, you know, you just follow two brothers, which is uh, Chris Pine and uh, Ben Foster, who are, um, for for their, I won't spoil anything, but for their reasons, they're going around in these small Texas towns robbing banks, and, you know, they're being pursued by, uh, you know, Texas Marshals. And so... The FBI doesn't want to take the case because it's too low level and they're only robbing, you know, banks for a couple thousand bucks just to do what they need to do with the money uh, that you find out towards, you know, the, the end. But it's a very interesting take on it. It's it's a very simple, very simple plot. Uh, there's some dark comedy in there. Um, there's some drama. You know, it has a little bit of everything, a little bit of action, a little bit of drama. It's uh, very well put together, very quick and to the point, um, like similar to, uh, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like something that like Terrence Malick would do, like uh, not, not as much as, is the, uh, as the uh, cinematography or anything like that will show or the visuals. It's just kind of free-flowing, very... Um, uh, actor and story driven it's it's really interesting and you know i believe it it uh it it didn't do too well i guess in the box office but it really resonated with people afterwards um it had a 12 million dollar budget and it ended up making about you know 32 33 million and um i you know it, it came to theaters but it really wasn't it wasn't wide um in my area but it it you know, like I was saying afterwards, everybody was, was like saying, like, oh, you have to see this. You have to go watch this. And interestingly enough, it uh, it wasn't actually filmed in Texas. And being from Texas, it was, it was uh, definitely, I mean, just watching the film, you could definitely tell that it wasn't in Texas, but um, in New Mexico. And, you know, it's just really easy to tell just from the uh, the locations and the in-between moments where they're driving from town to town, you know, going to a diner, 
um, and things like things like that. So, and you know, just so, you know, it it you know, it kind of surprised me that it was nominated for Best Picture, but uh, you know, it's definitely one of the more enjoyable movies I saw of the year. Um, like I said, it 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 has it has to do with you know the morals of the brothers. Uh, they're kind of two separate entities. You know, one is never been arrested, never been to prison, whereas the other one, Ben Foster's character, had been arrested, had been to prison multiple times. Um, at the very beginning, uh, you know, their their mother passes away, and they're trying to do right by her by supporting their own families and kind of moving forward. So, like I said, there's 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 some interesting locations, um, and like the diner, they go to a casino. Um, things like that. So it, it has some interesting areas. It's just, you know, it's just short, sweet to the point and builds on the tension and you kind of know where it's going to end up. Um, but it's just a fun ride getting there. So there's really not a lot to, more to say about it. So um, I'd give it a out of five. I'd give it four out of five. And it'll definitely be, it's definitely on my top 10 of the year, but probably towards the bottom, I'd imagine. Okay, so moving on. Uh, our next review is for Ouija Origin of Evil, um, a horror film you know, released last year, directed by Mike Flanagan. And this guy has just been busy. You know, he released, last year he released Ouija Origin of Evil, uh, Before I Wake, and Hush. Um, all three movies are, are super low budget. Don't really have any type of like big actors or actresses to name but um hush was good before i wake was pretty bad and we georgian evil was it's kind of hard to say because it's it's not a terrible film it's just it's just like most horror films that come out the you know recently it's just it's predictable uh, especially when you uh, try to add like you know effects to it to make it look old. So let's just go ahead and, and kind of tell or talk about what it's about. So it's a prequel, which I didn't know was a prequel to the original Ouija film that came out, I believe, like two years ago. And uh, it just deals, I kind of guess, with the onset of the Ouija board coming out and like you know like kids using it at parties and things like that and. Um, the setting is the family that moved in before the family that's in there in the original or the the, the future film. And, you know, kind of uh, where the spirit comes from and, you know, if it's really a Ouija board that's, that's terrorizing these people or not. But there's like a, uh, a medium or, or that, wor- that, that works in her house and she just brings people in, you know, gives them a good show tells them about their family and that they care about them that that had passed away and things like that. So that's her job. And then of course they actually do get infected or not infected. They get possessed by a spirit and, you know, people, real people like start dying in the house and things like that. So, um, the problems therein lies that, uh, one, it was, I believe it's filmed in like the seventies. So, um, you know, they do a lot of you know, the cigarette burn marks on the, on the film, uh, that's, that's added in post. You can definitely tell, you know, the slow zooms, the, everything that James Wan would do in like a conjuring film, Mike Flanagan tries to do in this, but in this, it's just so obvious. And 
what really differentiates the two is the craft. And I know uh, for James Wan's films, especially his horror films, he gets a little bit more money, you know, to do those. Uh, Ouija only had, I believe, like an eight or nine million dollar budget. But I guess for the most part, he stretches the budget fairly well. But the problem is, is it's a it's fairly long. I believe it's like I don't know, like an hour and forty minutes or somewhere around there. And even Flanagan coming out and saying that there was an even longer cut and they cut out like 30 more minutes of the film leads me to believe that, you know, he was passionate, I guess, about the project, but the, 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 the problems with it were just the, the pacing. I mean, for what you're given, um, it's just, one, it's not scary. Two, it doesn't really add anything to the other film other than just being in the same location. And three, there's no, there's nothing new, uh, like new techniques um, or anything to kind of amp up the tension or amp up the terror as far as like, uh, like a framing device or, you know, certain like red herrings or, or like cannon fodder for, I mean, fodder, you know, for people to come in, they're just going to, you know, get it in the end, you know, there, there isn't any setups like that. It's just, um, it's just. You know, it's just plot, 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 scare, plot, scare, plot, scare, end. It's just, or, or jump scare, you know, they're, they're, and, and the thing is, is it uses all the same genre tropes you've seen a million times, you know, the, the, the scary little girl, the blacked out eyes, the, the, um, the scary monsters, the kids that walk on ceilings, um, you know, the color changing eyes, the, the, the quick, uh, insidious style cuts where your, your camera's zooming and there might be somebody that's panned into the frame there at the very end and they swoop in real quick just for a quick scare. But there's nothing interesting about any of that. And I know it's a challenge to take something like a Ouija board and make it interesting, but um, what was the... Um, what lies beneath? Yeah, the Harrison Ford movie. What lies beneath had like similar like seance and possession and 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 that just that like ramped up the. There's just a lot of tension in that, even though there was not very many characters. You know, you get a sense of despair and and loneliness and heartbreak and things like that. And it's all embroiled into like one setting, of course, but it only involves a couple people. And this, it seems like. It was all just about the craft and about cobbling together some kind of story that they didn't focus on the scares and or the tension or the buildup. It's just uh, it's just there. And of course, the film, I think, made like 90 million dollars. So they're definitely going to make another one. I mean, if you make five times the five times what you put into it, I mean, it'll definitely they'll definitely make more. They may give. Whoever does it next, they may give them like an extra million or two to, to, to work with. But, you know, it's it's shown that it can be a um, film that can make money. And, you know, people will go see it, especially when you, uh, you know, release it at times where there's nothing really in theaters, like in January. But, um, um, so, or I'm sorry, uh in uh, around not in January and uh, October, like around Halloween, you know, everybody wants a scary movie around Halloween. So, you know, it would be uh, the best time to, to release it. So, um, but overall, you know, 
I didn't really think the acting was particularly that great. Um, I didn't think that the music was all that great. It just, it's just kind of lower, you know, it's like a C minus, you know, below average. You know, it's not, it's neither here nor there. It just kind of is in one eye and out the other. So let's see, out of, what would you give this? Out of five stars, um, I'd probably give it um, like a two. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, yeah, about a two, I guess, is, is doing it justice. <laughs> it's a 2.5 or so. So, um, yeah, so that, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show, um, you know, just with those two quick reviews. And we'll have more throughout the week and next week, of course. Um, and any and all news that pops up, there just there wasn't really any big news other than, um, oh, I guess we can talk about the uh, Batman film. So we've just learned that uh, Ben Affleck, has dropped out of directing uh, Batman because he was saying that he wants to put like his full energy into the uh, Batman, you know, care in the suit and in the character, and he can't do both, be behind the camera and do that at the same time. But um, it could also be that his film, I believe, was, was it Run by Night that came out recently that he directed did like poorly in the theater. So maybe they want to try to distance themselves from him directing. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you know, he just seems so passionate that, you know, he was going to put out like the best film ever. And, you know, and you know, everybody wanted a new town or an Argo. And I, I still think that he could do that with Batman, but I guess it's more of a physical role. Like I can get, you know, it's probably a lot more, or it's a lot more difficult to do action. Uh, do like more of an action film, you know, where he's uh, doing more of hand-to-hand type combat than, you know, in, in setting up interesting action scenes, you know, whereas his movies are more story and drama, or uh, story, I mean, there's a little bit of physicality to them, but they're more um, drama-oriented, and uh, so, but I mean, at least he'll write it and still star in it, so it won't be directed by him, but, it, you know, I, I think it'll still, hopefully it'll be pretty good. So that's pretty much it. All right, that brings us to the end of the show. If you wouldn't mind um, sharing this on your social medias, you know, Twitter, Instagram, just send it out there. Um, or share it, I mean. Uh, give me a follow at on Twitter, at Lee Van Martin. That's L-E-E-V-A-N-M-A-R-T-I-N. Um, you know, hit us up with uh, questions and comments uh, throughout the week, you know, that you may have. And uh, so we can start like a Q&A session at the end of the shows. And uh, if you enjoy the show, um, go, go, if you wouldn't mind, go to iTunes, rate us on iTunes, you know, just start typing feasible film cast on iTunes and you'll find it and rate us there. But, um, yes, that brings us to the show until next time. Stay feasible.